0: We have thoughts come into our mind that are from God. We have thoughts come into our mind that are from our own flesh. And we have thoughts sent by the devil that come into our mind. One day I was doing something and the thought came to me these people who are Buddhist and Mohammed, they go to God also. They're of God, they go to God. Instantly, the Holy Spirit reminded me of something Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto God the Father but by me. And I was straightened out instantly. Only by Jesus, the Word, do any of us come to God. Only by Jesus, the Word, do any of us come to God. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is saying to Thomas, I am the way. I, the word, am the way. The word you hear from God, that's the way to go. God speaks to us by his spirit. He gives us concepts when we're having trouble and we say, please help me. He gives us sometimes scripture that is brought to our attention. That's the Holy Spirit bringing that scripture to my mind when I have a problem. He is the way to go. One day, not too long ago, I was bombarded with some thoughts. I'm 83 years old, and the thoughts were, what are you going to do if this happens? This could happen, and that could happen, and what will you do? What will you do if that happens? And I cried out to God, help me. And I heard, God will supply all your need. That's a scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. God will supply all your need. Don't worry about this. And I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my need. And immediately the burden lifted. I wasn't afraid anymore. See, we only go to God by the word when he gives us the word. Consider this example again. Thoughts were coming, bombarding me. What are you going to do if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And I said, God help me. And he sent his word to me. And it came into my mind, God shall supply all your need. And I agreed with that word. I said, oh, yes, that's right. Now that is going to God. You don't go to God by Mohammed. You don't go to God by Buddha. You can't go to God any other way. You can't go to God by your own flesh other than asking God to help you. But he sends his word to us. Psalm 107. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. They were going the wrong way. And he sent his word and healed them. How many times have we had God speak a word to us and bring us back to the path of God, get us on the right path? You can't go to God anyway except through Jesus, who is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. And before Jesus ever came in the form of Jesus, he was with God in the form of the Word john chapter 1 verse 1 through 5 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god that's jesus he was with god in the beginning there's god the word and the holy spirit three things god the word and the holy spirit god the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And in the beginning, he wasn't Jesus by name. He was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. He later came to this earth in the form of a man so he could die for us and pay for our sins. We can only go to God through Jesus the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not made anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He came to the the earth in the form of a man, and he spoke, but that darkness often didn't even comprehend what he was saying. Verses 10 through 14 of John chapter 1 He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, and the world today knows him not. They know that there was a man named Jesus. But they don't know the power of God. They don't know the creation of God. They worship the creation more than the creator. They just don't know these things in the world. They look at a mountain and they see the creation. We look at a mountain and we see God, the creator, and we say, say God made that mountain. It's beautiful. Thank you for making the mountain. They don't. They look at the stars and they see the created. We look at the stars and we see the creator. We see God the creator and we remember such things as the scripture which tells us that God calls every star by its own name. You see, we see God in it. They don't. They do not see God in it. Though it's there for everyone to see. And it testifies of God. The sun coming up every morning testifies of God. The solar system testifies of God. The mountains, the hills, the hail, the winds, all testify of God, the Creator. And we see God behind everything. But the world doesn't. See, the, he... He came to the world, and he created the world, but the world knew him not, and that's the way it is today. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 14, he, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which is the word. We don't go to God except by the word. And even after we're born again, we are continually going to God by the word. God sends his word to us, and he comforts us by that word. He comforts us by that memory of that scripture. And he shows us exactly what to do in the situations that pertain to this present life. This past weekend, I was watching a golf tournament on television. It was on a a beach. The golf course was on an island just off the coast of South Carolina had beautiful white sands surrounding it. It was an island. And i they showed pictures of the waves coming up onto the sand at different times of the day. And they would come up a certain distance and stop and go back into the ocean. And I remembered scripture. See, I thought of the creator when I saw it because I know the scriptures that say that God set the boundary even for the waves, that they couldn't go past a certain point on that island or on that land. But I see the Creator. They see the created. They see the waves going up, and it's very interesting to sit there and watch those waves and know that they only come to a certain point. And then they go back into the, into the body of water. And that's what they see. They see the created. I see the creator who is behind the waves. The creator who stops those waves from coming any further than this point on the beach. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him when he spoke to them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, and his name is what? The word. In the beginning was the word. Later, Jesus was created in the flesh in the form of a man. He came to this earth in the form of a man named Jesus. But in the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created by him, the Word. God spake, let there be light. There was light. How did he create light? He didn't create light from something that already existed. God created light by speaking the word. And the word was with God, was God, and later came to this earth as Jesus. After he was crucified, he was resurrected, went back into heaven, and he's sitting in heaven today, interceding for us as the word. The Word was in the beginning, the Word was in the middle, and the Word was in the end. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And never is extinguished. Always, forever, all eternity, it will be the Word. And we only go to God through the Word, which is Jesus but he was the word in the beginning and the end. John chapter 1, starting at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which is the word, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're born first by the flesh of man, by our mothers and fathers. Jesus says you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. How was Jesus born? How did he come to the earth? He didn't come by the flesh. He came by the spirit. In other words, It was not Joseph that was the father of Jesus. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit was the father of Jesus, was born. Jesus was born of the Spirit of God. We also must be born of the Spirit of God. You must be born again. You can't see things of God unless you're born again of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. John 3, 3, Jesus says, You must be born again. Except you be born again, you cannot see. <laughs> you can't see things of God until you're born again. You have to be born again first by God, by the will of God. If you aren't born again, I mean, if you haven't had a life-changing experience with God where you are so different you don't even recognize sometimes who spoke that and you're the one who spoke it, that type of change. I was so different after I was born again because I had another spirit in me. I now had the Spirit of God in me. And you controlled flesh by doing following the Spirit of God. Instead of hating people, now we love people. Because that's the Spirit of God, to love. The Spirit of the flesh is to hate. The Spirit of God is to love. So you must be born again. But only God can cause you to be born again. You can't be born again by your own will or the will of another person. Only by the will of God. Romans chapter 9. Paul said this of God. I will have mercy on those whom I have mercy. And on those I will, I will harden. So then being of God is not by your own will or the will of another human, says Paul, Romans 9. But being of God is by the will of God. It's his will. So if you've not had that experience where your whole life was changed instantly by God, if it's not that you learned something and then did it, it's that there was an instant change by the will of God. That's being born again. And if you haven't had that, here's what I recommend. Fall down before God and beg Him to have mercy on you, to help you. For no man can do this. You can't do it by your own willpower you must be born again by the will of god otherwise you can't see spiritual things so in john chapter 1 verse 13 we read which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us in the form of jesus And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And he paid for our sins with his own blood. But that doesn't mean you're free to go out and sin again. Jesus said to the woman taken in adultery, go and sin no more. Now what if she went out there and kept doing adultery? Is she going to be saved? No. No. No, she isn't, because if you sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth, there is no more sacrifice for your sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. After the knowledge of the truth, we don't go back and live that kind of life we lived before, but we don't want to. I mean, who wants to live the life they lived before they were born again? I certainly don't want to do any part of that life. Now that we have the Spirit of God, are we going to go back to the flesh of man, the way of the flesh? Let's look for a second at the works of the flesh versus the works of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, living in superstitions, hatred, variance, vary with other people to argue with them, debate, fight, strive. Emulations is a work of the flesh. That means to try to outdo other people. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21 tells us what the works of the flesh are. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against us there, no, there is no law, for they fulfill the law. It's not that we eliminate the law, we fulfill the law through the works of the Spirit. Because as we follow the Spirit of God, we fulfill the law, because the Spirit of God will never go against the law. It will never go against the Bible. It's not that we fulfill the law by our mind. It's that we fulfill the law by the Spirit of God as he reminds us of something and we choose to go that direction and we agree with what he has said. We're going to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Therefore, we fulfill the law by walking in the Spirit. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh by the Spirit, because we don't let the flesh do what it wants to do. It wants to commit adultery. The Spirit says, oh no, that would hurt people. That would not be love. That would not be love. That would be hurting people. So we choose to go in the way of the Spirit, rather than the way of the flesh and by the going in the way of the spirit and choosing the way of God we keep the flesh crucified and we cause the flesh to suffer because it doesn't get to do what it wants to do like it once did it doesn't get to say the things it wanted wants to like it once did it doesn't get to tell people off like it once did because the flesh takes us one way but the spirit brings us another way, the way of God to go, in the matter at hand. And we're choosing the way of God. I can give you a very tangible example of this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, we read the following. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. There was a point in time that God called that scripture to my attention, and I began meditating on it. For three or four days, I kept thinking, now, if I speak this, will it edify that person? Is it going to call God's way to their mind if I speak this? Or is it going to hurt the person? And I spent several days on this scripture, three or four days at least, really examining myself before I spoke. If I speak this, will it edify? Will it build up that person in the faith in God? Or will it do harm? If you don't do the scripture, you don't do any good by reading the scripture. you got to do it. So I did. I just spent about four days. Before I would speak something to another person, I would measure it. If I speak this, will it edify that person? At that time, it was during the time of the presidential elections between uh, Mr. Trump and Mrs. Clinton. I was visiting in the home of my neighbor at that time. And I wanted to say, and what do you think about the election? Is that going to edify these two people? Is it going to edify them? Or am I going to loose the gates of hell? Well, I know which it will do. It won't edify anybody in the way of God. If I say, what do you think about the election? Oh, but I wanted to say that. I sat there with him for probably another five minutes and I just couldn't believe how strong the flesh was, how much I wanted to say this. What do you think about the election? And I was begging God, don't let me say this. I finally just got up and went home. Job said, I'll put my hand over my mouth. I finally just got up and left their house to keep from speaking this. Now let's look at this scripture once more. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. When we obey this scripture, our flesh suffers, Because it used to get its way. It could do anything it wanted to through us. But now we have the Spirit of God, which won't let it do what it wants to do. Therefore, it's like a child who wants another piece of candy and its parent will not let it have it. We crucify the flesh. We control the flesh. And the flesh suffers because it doesn't get to do what it wants to do because we are going in another way, which is the way of the Spirit. The way of the flesh, the way of the Spirit are exactly opposite. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul says, And I say then, walk in the Spirit, follow the Spirit, do what the Spirit says, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, living and superstitions, hatred, variance, to vary with people, to argue, to fight, emulations, which is to outdo other people, To exalt yourself by beating them. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So if you walk in the Spirit, following the Spirit of God which is in you. Now you can't follow the Spirit of God unless you have the Spirit of God in you. If you are born again, you have the Spirit of God. Because you are sealed with the Spirit of God at the time you're born again. Ephesians chapter 1. So if you have the Spirit of God, He's going to take you in a way opposite to what the flesh wants to go in. And you choose to go in the way of the Spirit. And by that, you crucify the flesh. And the flesh suffers because it doesn't get to do what it wants to do the way it did before you were born again. And that's what it's all about, is following God by his Spirit, because then you do the works of God. Instead of doing your own works, you're going to do the works of God when you follow what the Spirit of God shows you. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.